Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I have taught this this subject in, in this particular uh, message a couple of times over the years, probably at least twice, but it just seemed to me and to the Holy Ghost that I pulled this out of the drawer this afternoon and start and just kind of go back over some of this stuff because um, I think that from time to time we all need to be reminded about this, and it's about grace. You know, there's, there's the, the life of the believer is like a jewel. I've said that before. It's got so many facets to it. You know, and each one is important, and each one is wonderful. I mean, I, you know, as you can tell, I love bling. And there are times when I have found myself, as a lot, I can remember a lot of times, even in the car or on an airplane, I just look down, and there's this, there's this prism of light being reflected on the window because the light has caught my ring, and it's reflecting back on it. And that's just really the way the Word of God is. If you'll take the Word of God and, and you'll value it, when light comes, it'll reflect all over everything. And, and different aspects of the word will, sh- will show themselves more at one time than at, at another. Um, you know, I, I laugh sometimes because when we went to Hawaii, people had, had always, we thought, pastor thought this was a real joke. But he was, uh, we were told that when you go to Hawaii, you know, if, you, if you're out when the sun is going down, if you can catch the sun just as it's going down on the horizon, you'll, there'll be a green flash. And he's like, oh, so we were, I remember the first time we went to Hawaii, you know, we were there, we were sitting at a restaurant on the waterfront in, uh, on Maui when, as the sun was going down, and I was determined to watch that sun as it went down. And you know what? There was a green flash. You know, just, just as that last ray of sun dipped down b- behind the horizon, you know, it was like a prism effect. I tell you, it was momentary. It was a green flash. But I tell you, the word of God, no doubt, a flash to it. Not as far as temporary. There's a flash there, but that you can resurrect any old time you want. Just pull out the word and just and just let it go to work in your life. But we're going to talk about some about some aspects of grace tonight. I just have the sense that that you and I both need, you know, just a kind of a refresher course in the, in the main point that I want to get to. But if you look at grace. In the, in, the, in the Word of God, it's, it says that we're saved by grace, that we're justified freely by grace, that we're redeemed through grace, that uh, the remission of sins is through grace, that we believe through grace. Paul said he was called by grace. He was made a partaker by grace. He was made a minister of the gospel according to grace. He said he maintains good t- conduct by the grace of God. He says that grace is a gift. The prophets prophesied of this gift, and we are the heirs of this gift. We're the recipients of it. Hallelujah. We're told to grow in grace, to stand in grace, to continue in grace, to abound in grace, to be strong in grace, and to be good stewards of grace. Our speech should be seasoned with grace. What we say should minister grace to the hearers. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. God said his grace is sufficient. God gives grace to the humble. You can receive grace. You can receive grace in vain. You can fall short of the grace of God. You can be removed from grace. You can frustrate the grace. You can fall from grace. 
It's real. The Bible said it can be seen and be perceived. In grace, we're accepted into the, into the beloved. We're giving good hope through grace. Grace enables us to serve God effectively. Grace is described as rich, exceedingly abundant, and said it's God who gives us more grace, grace upon grace. When you say the word grace, so many times people look at it in terms of what we have come to, to know. And it's true that grace on one, in one aspect is unmerited favor. But you know what? In the Old Testament, it was unmerited. In the New Testament, as believers, it's not long, no longer unmerited. Now grace belongs to us. Because we as children of God, we have been accepted into the beloved. And grace is our right, our privilege, our, it's mine. Bless God, it belongs to me. In, in the Strong's Concordance, it says that grace is in the New Testament is a divine influence upon the heart. And it's reflection in the life of the believer. It's an actual power, influence, enablement. Ability upon our heart that changes our lives, that reflects in our lives in what we do and how we conduct ourselves. Isn't that amazing? It has different applications in our lives. Listen, there's, there's three different kinds of grace that, that we see in the New Testament. Number one, there's saving grace. If you go with me to Ephesians 2. Hallelujah. We're going to skip. We're going to not do, spend a lot of time on the first two because I want to get to the last aspect of grace. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Acts 17, it says, go over there. Acts 17, and I did not write down the verse, but we'll find it quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says the people believed by grace, but I am looking for it here. Somebody find it, what verse that is? Glory to God. Anyway, you'll find it later. Hallelujah. Philippians 2.12, it says we're to work out our salvation with grace. And in Romans 6.14, it says sin has no more dominion over us. Let's go there, 6.14, Romans 6.14. Hallelujah. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You know, for the believer, the sin issue shouldn't be even there anymore because we're living under grace. You know, it's, it's amazing to me that there are people who find it hard to believe and hard to accept the reality of the fact that when you're forgiven, you're, it's all forgotten. It's gone. It's no more. That he doesn't re- God doesn't remember your sin anymore. You don't have to work. You know, the, there are the, the old um, priests and stuff, you know, of, of the Catholic religion who practice flagellation and, and had to do penance and this kind of stuff. Listen, once you say, Lord, forgive me, he's forgiven you. That's all you got to do. 
There's no penance to pay. There's no fees to pay. There's no tax to pay. There's no grace tax. It's just all a matter of grace. He's forgiven you. He's forgotten that he, let's just go on. And yet the devil wants to come and remind them. And they just, they can't let go of the fact that, yeah, but, yeah, but I did this. And yeah, but I messed up. And yeah, but I failed. And yeah, but it was so bad. And listen, did you truly say I'm sorry and mean it? Did you truly say, Lord, forgive me? Then it says that he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All that filthiness that we have, it's just been stripped off in something brand new and fresh, like a fresh set of clothes. You've put it on. Don't go back into the laundry basket and pull out the old dirty stuff and try to put it back on. It stinks. It doesn't look good. Everybody knows it's been in the laundry basket, you know, where the dirty stuff is. Leave it where it belongs and put on that great robe of righteousness that he's ordained that you walk in every single day as a believer. Let it go. And yet people just, there are times when they just, they just, they just can't quite figure that out. How do you do that? You just trust God. You just trust God. You know, it's, it's funny to me that there are people who live wonderfully good lives, sometimes will even have more of a problem accepting God than somebody who's lived a horrendous life. Because they don't think there's any, I'm, I'm living a great life. I mean, I've been good. I've never done hardly anything wrong. I mean, I don't offend people. I, I don't rob. I don't, I don't lie. I don't cheat. don't steal. Nothing like that. I mean, what, what do I need God for? And yet we all need God. It's not of us. Our good works or our bad works have nothing to do with it. You know, it's all on him. It's all because he said, you know, you're mine. All you got to do is just receive me. Just receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, my grace is yours. So there is the saving grace. And then there's something called serving grace. In Romans 1, you're close by. Romans 1 verse 5. Hallelujah. This is Paul talking. He says, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. You know, it's amazing to me that no matter what God calls you to do in life, whether you are called you know, into a five-fold ministry, whether you're called to be a believer who's a minister and a witness of the things that you've seen, the things he'll yet appear to you, there is a grace for every position that we find ourselves in. For every job God has called us to do. For every assignment. And, you know, Pastor was talking Sunday about that, using that word assignment quite a bit on Sunday. And that just struck a chord on the inside of me. With every assignment we have been given, there is a grace that goes with that assignment. There is a grace for it. I look at some of the traveling ministers out there, and I'm going, how can you do that all the time? I mean, I'm, I'm really a homebody. And they look at me and go, how can you stay put in one place all the time? And I look at missionaries and go, why would you want to go to some place called Tajikistan? Nobody even knows where that is. <laughs> Nobody can hardly say it, much less know where it is. But there's a grace for those things. 
Listen, if God puts you working in an office at Shands or on a job site somewhere in a construction crew, there's a grace for that as well. Because wherever he puts you, there's a divine assignment with that placing. And with that placing, then comes grace to fulfill it. You know, and there are times when you might find yourself in a, in a place, a temporary place, and you know you won't be here long, but there's a grace for it while you're there. I remember in Oklahoma when we, when we first moved there, and, and after a few weeks I got a job in a doctor's office. Now, I went to x-ray school, but as soon as I graduated from x-ray school, I was like six months pregnant at the time. And so, you know, pastor was making enough money at the time for us to live comfortably without me having to work, so I was going to stay home. So for the next five years, I stayed home. So when we got to Oklahoma, we knew that he was supposed to go to school and be Mr. Mom in the afternoon, which was a real treat, I'm telling you. I could tell you stories. I would come home and go, you've been doing what with my children? <laughs> oh, when they were in, this, in the wintertime, when they were, I'd come home and I'd find out they'd been on a, on a lake that was behind the apartment complex we lived in. He'd been throwing them across the lake, the frozen lake. I was like... These are my children you're doing this to. What's the matter with you? It's a dad thing, you know. <laughs> but I remember when I, I got my job, you know, at the doctor's office there in, in Broken Arrow, and it was for it was five it was a family practice. There was five doctors there. They had their own x-ray, they had their own lab. I haven't taken an x-ray in five years. And and that first two or three weeks they would come and they would say, because we had to do some hand developing back then for all you x-ray people. You don't remember. You probably wouldn't even know what that was. But uh, uh, we had to develop the chemicals, had the chemicals. You had to develop them by hand, had to let, let them dry, all that kind of good stuff. And, and they would come back to me after a while, and they'd say, why are all these fingerprints all over the films? And I'm going, because somebody's got sweaty hands, you know. I don't know what I'm doing now. But you know what? After a little while, I just had to say, Father, you've got you to help me. You've got you to help me here. You know, I know, I know what I'm, I actually kind of know, I remember what I'm supposed to do here. You know, but there are some new things here. There's some things I haven't done in a long time. You got to help me. You know, the grace of God set in. It just, it just came. You know, and, and there were times, you know, I remember after we got here, um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really walking in the grace that God had for me at the time. Church was young. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't much money. You know, if anybody was going to suffer, it was going to be the Anderson family. And we just had to believe God. I mean, we were believing God for food to put on the table the first year or two, you know, at, t- at different times. And, and I remember I went out and I, I got a job. I made my own job by cl- starting to clean houses. And, and one day I found myself vacuuming somebody else's floor just to cry in making somebody somebody else's bed just to crying, folding somebody else's clothes just to crying. You know, and I'm just going, Lord, you know, when, you know. You know, he said, it's just a season, but my grace is sufficient. And I went, oh, okay. You know what? It was. Made a whole difference. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay, because that's really where where I was headed tonight. You know, it just, there are, there are times and, and seasons in our lives when, when we'll, need, we'll need grace in different measures. And it's there. In the measure that we need it, it's there. My grace is sufficient. If that's where I find myself at the moment, there's a grace for this moment. 
If I know where I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm supposed to be doing it at, then there is grace sufficient for the moment. Hallelujah. I'm, I am really getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, maybe I just want to just, just skip over this other stuff anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm just going to do some st- skipping here. The kind of grace I was just talking about is really a divine enablement. You know, we're, we have been born and equipped with a lot of giftings and a lot of abilities. Never think for one moment that the, the things in your life that you're good at are just because it's you. When you were born, God put those kind of things on the inside of you. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. No, you're not. Whatever you have is a divine gift from God. And yet in the middle of having a divine gifting, a divine enablement, you were going to need that divine enablement a little bit more. How many times have I seen around here projects that we got involved in that I just, I'm overwhelmed with. Building this place was overwhelming, you know, and and I can honestly say that we didn't tap into the grace of God the way we should have during all this process because I, and I would say, if pastor was here, he would say the same thing as I, as I recall, which I try to forget, was that he doubled his blood pressure medicine, you know, during that project. (laughs) Jermaine, who was our contract at the time, said, Pastor, calm down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be, no, it's not. Because everything was trying to go wrong. You know, there was, there was, it was not an easy project. And yet, looking back, I can look at it and say, you know, crazy people that we were, we should have just said, Lord, I need some grace here. I need you to grace me for this construction era, this construction period here so that we can get through this job. You know, when you're not walking in the grace of God, you don't make good decisions. When you're not walking in the grace of God, you can't see what a good decision is. I mean, everything just looks like it's just a big mess. Can I get an amen on that? Anybody been there but me? But yet I remember when there were walls up and the painters wanted a paint color. And I'm going, I don't have a carpet sample. I don't have a tile sample. I don't have anything. And you want me to pick a wall color for this entire building? What are you talking about? But they wanted it and they wanted it yesterday. That's when I said to the Lord, I need help. I need help. And, you know, he, he gave me help. I picked out a color that has lasted for 14 years. And when I got through, it went with the carpet, it went with the tile, it went with everything. Everything, everything went together. And somebody said, oh, you did a great job putting all this together. I said, it wasn't me, it was the Holy Ghost. It's called Holy Ghost Decorating. <laughs> you know, when you don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost does know what to do. He does. He will help you. He'll, he'll, he'll give you the, the right direction to go in. He'll put you in front of samples that are just exactly right. I mean, he will, he will help. Glory to God. And I desperately needed him. It, it, you know, 
I have enough sleepless nights. And so when I finally got through with all that, I just went, you know, it's kind of like one of those, I could have had a V8 moment. (laughs) You know, why didn't I do this sooner? And for most of us, we will find ourselves in situations where at the end of it, we go, why didn't I ask for help sooner? Let me skip through some notes here because I have totally messed up everything I was going getting to. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here's a good, good note here. It says, uh, you know, when we, when we access that grace, it's a tangible gift that enables you to do something successfully victoriously, without so much effort on your part, without it being a strain. You know, I have something at home, and we have some down here that are called gliders. Anybody got any at home besides me, you know, for moving furniture? I can, you know, it takes two guys, you know, to effectively pick this thing up and move it where it needs to go. But if I go get the gliders out of the office and put them under these four corners, all I need is just a fingertip to push it over to the next spot that I want it to go to. Listen, grace is like the gliders, the furniture gliders. Instead of you working so hard at it and hurting your back, throwing your back out or whatever, get your grace gliders out. And just kind of, and let it just help you just kind of shove it right on over without so much effort. Isn't that nice? Grace is a glider. You know, you remember that, I suspect. I started to bring them out tonight. I went, nah, I don't want to mess with putting them under that crazy thing. But, you know, that's what we need to do. In, in warehouses, they use forklifts. Instead of trying to manually pull these things off these shelves, they go get a forklift. Wow, how about that? Listen, God wants to give you a spiritual forklift. It's called grace. When you've got something heavy ahead of you that's just got to be moved, he'll give you some grace to help move it. There's something you still have to do, but the job is so much easier than what it would, be, would have been had you just done it on your own. Hallelujah. You know, it's, uh, it's something that we need to know to go to. Hebrews, go with me to Hebrews. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 4. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Instead of thinking you have to do it all on your own, come to the place that's called the throne of grace. There is that place. It is, it is just, it is grace in bulk. Come to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, don't ever come before God mealy-mouthed when it's something that belongs to you. I don't go into the bank and say, can y'all give me $100 right now? No, I said, I want my $100. It's mine. It's not theirs. Listen, you come boldly into the, into the throne room of God. It's mine. I, got, I want some grace, Father. He'll say, here you go. And he'll say, thank you, sir. Off I'm gone. 
Now, there are times when I have found myself having to ask for mercy. Before I can ask for grace, I have to ask for some mercy because I haven't done what I was supposed to do. Father, forgive me. I thank God your mercies are new every morning. And sometimes I need new mercies every morning. But you know what? Grace is renewable as well. The grace I had for yesterday is gone. The grace I need for today is mine as long as I go to the throne and say, Father, I need grace. Today I need your grace. I need some grace to help me do what I need to do today. You know, sometimes we go to bed at night with so much on our minds, you know, about what we've got to do tomorrow. Listen, if you get to the place where you understand that grace is going to be yours tomorrow, you can sleep a whole lot better. Yeah, you'll sleep a whole lot better. It, it's really easier than, it's, than we think it is sometimes. How many times have I stressed over something? When I went to the new computer program for accounting in the office, I was just, I was overcome and overwhelmed when the, when the trainer came and sat down with me. It was like she was talking in another language. I didn't understand a thing she was saying. And I'm thinking, I'm paying you to come here and train me, and I don't have a clue what you just told me. I don't understand a thing. We just spent four hours on. And so I remember that night going home and just saying, now, Lord, i got to have some grace for this i got to have some grace. The next day, she came out, and I got up the next morning saying, thank you, Lord, for grace. I thank you, Lord, for grace. I thank you, Lord, for grace. And when she got there that day, suddenly everything was clear. I'm going, why was that so hard yesterday? Because I was stressing over it instead of asking God for some grace to help me handle the thing. You know, grace will open your understanding. How many times have you been in a situation on your job or at home where you had to do something that you really weren't quite sure of, and yet you stopped for a moment, you prayed, and you said, Lord, I need some grace, I need you to help me, and suddenly, bam, 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 you got it done. Or else you had a list a mile long of things that needed to get done, and and naturally speaking, you were thinking to yourself, how is all this going to get done in one day? I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like that when, it's, when I'm faced with going on a trip or something because I'm a procrastinator. I absolutely do not like packing. And so I put it off to the last minute. And then all kinds of things, you know, kind of snowball on top of that. Going, How are we going to get out the door by this time and make a plane, you know, to get where we need to go? And yet, I, if I just calm down and just say, now, Lord, help me and help me not kill my husband. You know, Kendra knows what that's all about. <laughs> it all gets done, and we walk out the door, and wow, I don't, it's, it got finished. Wonderful. I have issues, you know, in the office, something, it's just, I, I got a mistake somewhere. I don't know how, I don't know where it is. When I just stop and say, Lord, thank you for the grace to find this thing. A few minutes, I found my problem, and I've got the answer. I've got it fixed. I'm going on, moving on with this thing. Um, we can't let grace sit on the shelf unused. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace and, and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My father was the world's worst person to, with, with gifts. You would give him something at Christmas. He would kind of open it, look at it, and kind of sit it on the floor on a table beside him, and there it would sit. I gave him one year one of those because he still shaved with a straight razor at the time. And uh, I gave him a gift of one of those hot lather machines. I gave him a hot lather machine one year. I gave him a, 
a handheld water, you know, shower massage thing another year. He put them both in the closet. They sat there for a solid year. Both of them. This was different years. Both of these things sat in the closet on the shelf for a solid year before he got them out and started using them. And then it was like, oh, I love this thing. I'm going, well, you could have used it a year ago, you know. Listen, that's what we're doing sometimes with grace. We know it's there. Don't stick it on a shelf like it's reserved for some other time. Use it now. Don't spend the next year of your life, you know, just kind of muddling through, making life harder for yourself. When there's grace, God's already given it to you. It's right there. Take it off the shelf and put it to work. Amen. You know, Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he's talking about grace being in vain. So many times, you know, we'll, we'll say, Father, give me grace, and then we don't use it. You have to be consciously aware of the fact you have asked for grace and you expect grace. You expect grace to be working. You know, the way I know that we have asked in vain sometimes is because our mouth doesn't line up with what we say we've asked for. What we're saying is something far different than what we say we're believing. Well, listen, you can't have it both ways. Either you got grace working or you don't got grace working. I, you know, and the way I notice when somebody's thanking God, thank you, Lord, for the grace. Thank you, Lord, for this grace. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the grace. Through the whole situation, if you just keep thanking him for the grace, that grace keeps flowing. That grace keeps working. That grace keeps growing in your life. Um, well, what if things aren't going well? Did I ask, ever ask for the grace is one of the things you, are, you should ask yourself. Did I, ever, did I ever ask for any help? Just like me, I'll, I do this, you know, from time to time, just find myself in the middle of something, and it's, and it's, it's a hard project. Did I ever stop to say, Lord, give me grace? I mean, that's the beginning part right there. That's, that's where we start out at. But what if, what if it doesn't seem like the grace is working? Anybody ever been there? It just seems like it's just not working. Well, there's some things you need to check up on. If it doesn't seem like grace is in operation after you've asked for it, number one, you should, you should ask yourself, am I doing it God's way? Has my heart told me to do something a different way than I'm doing? Then grace can't work if I'm not cooperating with the leading of the Spirit. It can't work. Next, I mean, is this his direction? Is this, I mean, I think I just said that. I mean, is it his way and it's, it is his method? Am I doing it his way and his method? No, I've got a better idea. No, you don't have a better idea. That's the problem. You don't have a better idea. Do it God's way. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, that doesn't matter. If you know that's what you're supposed to be doing, you've got a leading that this is what it's supposed to be, just do it. Because if that's what God's put in your heart, it's going to work. Even though it, doesn't, it looks like it's supposed to work. It does work. Always. But if your grace isn't working, you need to check up in that area. And then sometimes, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem to be working because we haven't found any time to rest in that grace. 
You know, I know that I'm, in, I'm, I'm operating and walking in the grace of God when I am not frazzled anymore, when I'm not stressed anymore, when I'm at peace now. I know the grace can operate. But grace cannot operate in the same environment as my frustration. It just, it can't. I have to let go of the frustration and take a hold of the grace. I cannot have them both. Grace operated in, grace walked in, will cause you to walk in such a place of peace. It'll cause you to walk through just, I mean, unconcerned about what's going on around you because grace has taken hold. So if I'm frustrated and frazzled, I know grace isn't working. I need to find out why. You know, we're going to need, need grace in the days ahead. I know that when my, uh, just the, the year my dad died, those last few weeks of his life, uh, because he, he, he had Parkinson's and it was getting worse and worse and worse, but he had an accident at home. He fell. He broke his neck. And so for the last few weeks of his life, he was in the hospital. And so I would, I would come home on Friday afternoons from Jacksonville. I'd come home. I'd do things in the office. I'd do things at home. I'd try to get things ready for the next week. I'd, tr- you know, be in church on Sunday, you know, try to, try to provide for my hubby, you know, the things that he was going to need, you know, get the laundry all done, get food made, you know, pre- preparations ahead of time for a while. I'm going to be gone. Then I would leave out again Monday morning. I wouldn't see home again until Friday night. We did this <coughs> for week after week after week. And I remember one, one Saturday, I had gotten home Friday afternoon late, and something came up that was urgent, and my mother called me, and I had to turn around and go back to Jacksonville on Saturday morning. And, and I got in that car, and I said, God, I cannot do this. It was taking a toll on me physically, emotionally, spiritually, every, every which way it was. I said, I cannot do this. And you know what I got? You don't have to. There's grace for this. And I went, yes, there is. See, see, sometimes we relegate grace to certain situations. Listen, anytime you need some supernatural help, there's the grace for it. That the grace that starts here, but it, it re, then is reflected on the outside in my actions, in my thought life. And all that, and I just said, "Okay, Lord, I, yes." And so I just began to pray. I just said, "Thank you, Lord, for the grace," and just began to pray. You know what? The rest of that went so much easier. But you know, we're going to all find ourselves in times and in situations that we're going to going to think, "I can't do this." You don't need to have, to even think that for a minute. You don't have to. You don't have to do this apart from yourself. You see. See, grace, there's so many tools and equipment that God has given us already. He's given us faith. He's given us, you know, the ability to know who we are in Christ. The tools that we need to work with have already been given to us. But sometimes we just need grace in our lives to use those tools effectively. You're equipped, okay? You are already equipped, But grace will take the equipping that you have and he'll help you get the job done with what you've got. But never for a moment think at the end of a situation that I did this all on my own. You did not. You recognize 
Be cognizant of the fact that grace stepped in to help you do in and of yourself what you could not have done otherwise. And then be grateful that there are, there are times where we're going to find, you're going to find yourself in situations like, say, like you decide to build a house. Listen, you need grace during a time like that. I'm telling you. I mean, it's, it's, it is definitely, it can be because there's many decisions that have to be made. There's many, there's many obstacles you'll have to overcome. The enemy's not going to let you just get by free on this kind of thing. You know, renovations. I've been through so much renovation at my house. It's not even funny. But, you know, I realized there had to be a grace for it. Now, after three months, the grace for the kitchen remodel was over. I needed to get out. You know, I'm, I'm done. You know, there are times when grace seems like it's running out in a situation because you're coming to the end of it. You're not going to need it much longer. So it seems like it's waning because the, issue, the thing you need it for is waning. Jackie, did you have grace in your job? Did it feel like the grace was running out there the last few months? It's the only way you did your job. I remember when I left a job one time, I could, I mean, I kept doing my job doing it effectively, but I could tell that grace was beginning to lift because I knew it was time to go. See, there, there'll be times when there's a change coming. And the grace for what you're doing right there, you know, it just it seems like it's just not quite as strong as it used to be. That can be an indication of the fact that it's time to make a change. Be aware of that and just kind of check and just see, now, Lord, what is this you're telling me? What is this you're leading me in? I mean, I, mean, I, I believe for grace for this area, and it seems like it's beginning to kind of lift a little bit. Does that mean there's a change coming? You know, there are times when you find yourself on the caregiving end of a situation, maybe short-term or long-term, um, a health situation. You know, I remember when I, was, when I had the, the cancer issue and six months of chemo, you know, one week off, one week on and three weeks off, you know, did six rounds of that, you know, and so every time we would go into that, each week of chemo, you know, we would pray and we just thank God for his grace and, you know, be in that situation and everything. And when, at the end of it, I mean... I thought I did just great through the whole thing. I mean, you know, there were times when I had to overcome, you know, fatigue or whatever. And, and, and yet at the end of it, I thought, man, I got through this really great. Only looking back at some pictures now, do I look, look back and go, oh, my heavens, I looked horrible. <laughs> you know, I mean, man. But you know, there was a grace there that I didn't even realize, you know, that this was supposed to be hard. You know, my body took, it took a toll on my body, but on my spirit, you know, it didn't. You know, and then the body recovers. There are times when you might have that situation. You might have to, you might have, to have someone come live with you temporarily or more, on a more permanent basis. Listen, there's a grace that's needed in those situations. You know, you, you've seen it. You know, all that. There is grace for new jobs, new positions. There's grace for new projects, whatever they are. There's grace for just a new season of life. But I just want to remind you tonight, don't forget to ask God for grace. Don't struggle through a situation. Don't, you don't need to struggle. When you know what the Word says, and you're putting the Word in, in action, there's a grace that will come with it if you will just 
recognize it, and just, and just use that as part of what you confess every day. Thank you, God, for the grace to get it. I know your word says this, this word says this, and this word says this, and this applies to my situation, and I thank you for it. And I'm asking you for the grace, the divine enablement through this whole process. And I tell you what, when you come out the other side, it's like, hey, I'm good. This was easy. It should look easy when it was all over. It should look like it was easy. Because really it should be. Get your power gliders out. You know, grace will help you move things in your life that need to be moved. It'll give you the answers. It'll keep you steady. It'll keep you sane a lot of times. You know, when the enemy just is bombarding grace. You, you think, I'm just fighting with the word. I mean, I'm just putting the word out, the word out there. Word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Boost it with the grace of God. Ask him. Don't, don't leave it sitting on the shelf like my dad did. Get it out. It's supposed to be used. So use it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.